Hello and welcome to the Delphian podcast. Delphian is an artist-led nomadic gallery focusing on emerging and early career artists. Each episode will feature a different art world practitioner, from artists and gallerists to collectors and curators. If you liked today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Delphian podcast. Today we're joined by Kate Mothers. She's the founder of Young Space, an independent online and nomadic curatorial platform emphasising contemporary art by emerging early career and student artists. In the past, they've worked with Delphian Gallery favourites Rhiannon Salisbury, Igor Moritz, Geordie Kerwick and Florence Hutchings. Yes. Hello. All of them. Hello. <laughs> so let's start training. Um, so why did you decide to start Young Space and um, what is unique about it? And, how, and to what do you attribute its success? Why does it resonate with people? Ooh, ooh, threefold question. Um, I think the first, when it started, it was not, I did not anticipate it being anything like what it is. It's kind I don't, of like what, what we do with Delphian. Yeah, yeah, like I think you, uh, I don't know, I'm a person who reacts to what I'm kind of seeing. So at the time I was in grad school as an art history major, I was, while well, I was at my, after my master's degree up in Edinburgh at the time, and sort of just realizing really distinctly that I didn't want to be an academic after all, <laughs> at least in this <laughs> mode that I was headed. So I kind of had to just like pull myself out of the bubble of what I was studying in that program, which was lovely. And I, you know, it was great, but I needed to go find other work and other artists doing things that spoke to me on a more personal level. So I ended up starting essentially a blog to just kind of think about it out loud, so to speak, and then just write about it. And so for a couple years, I ran it essentially for myself. I just reached out to other artists and kind of wanted to talk about their work. And then a couple years ago, kind of started putting the Instagram into um, use, I guess, and kind of using it as an archive for myself. And then that sort of if you want to say accidentally, but maybe not, I'm not sure, kind of just started to take off and like resonated yeah. with people. And I think just in this constant like call and response, I guess, I'm, mm. I'm very much into just seeing what kind of connections come out of it. So it was almost like the more connections and the more projects that developed out of it, the more I wanted to keep using it and try to like reconfigure how to do it. So mm. I think that the the biggest thing for me is that it's a it's a research tool but it's also something that facilitates and that's maybe the biggest thing i think of even more is in terms of not so much curating but facilitating or kind of co-organizing being a conduit to different projects that sometimes don't even necessarily involve me specifically but i know that they come out through this platform and it can constantly kind of branch out and reach in different directions. So it still feels very, very new in many ways, but I also am so kind of open-ended in terms of where I think it could go that I'm always just, that's why I'm kind of, you know, I'll drop through London every once in a while and do a bunch of studio visits and see a bunch of shows because I kind of never know how I might go home and then rethink how I could kind of tweak things here and there and keep moving. So you live in Oregon, right? I live in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. actually. I'm okay, from, right. I was born in Oregon, okay, though. Right. Uh, but yeah, I live in Wisconsin, which I live about four hours north of Chicago. Okay. Um, I'm way, I'm way out there in like the <laughs> middle of nowhere, and it's most. I grew up there mostly as a kid. Like my family's there, so when I left graduate school, kind of just moved back there out of necessity. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I think, and I, I was not gonna stay there. Like adamantly, was like, I'm back here for six <laughs> months and I'm gone, you know. And then yeah. weirdly, I'm kind of like still there but I say that kind of quote unquote because I'm you know bouncing around so much and I think I just realized at some point 
that because it's a small town, it's really familiar. Um, it's so affordable to live there. And so I have everything I need so I can bounce back there. And it allowed me to really like, it was kind of the platform I needed to jump off and try to do the young space thing, at least relatively full time and fairly mm. early on without having to worry about balancing another job just to like pay my rent in a bigger city. Yeah. Even if that every day feels like a much more romantic thing to be doing. So it's mm. kind of a balance all the time. But Has it presented any challenges for running young space being like located out? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's mostly because, and I've realized this the more that I travel back and forth also, is that like, there's kind of pros and cons. It's like really good to some extent to be kind of, I'm not distracted by anything. There's really no art scene to speak of there or anything in terms of what I'm looking at. Mm. So I'm not, I don't have to go to openings all the time. I don't, you know, yeah. I can really focus on what I need to do and I can just be in my own headspace. I'm totally an introvert really. So I can just like sit there and kind of think by myself for like weeks and it's fine. But then you completely miss out on those like really natural conversations and just mm -hmm. the kind of serendipitous meetings that happen when you're just around the city and there's things going on. So I've realized there needs to be that balance. Otherwise I'll just be sitting kind of in my little hole over there, you know, just yeah. looking outside of it. I don't <laughs> want it to be like that, you know, yeah. so it's good to balance, but the challenge I think is actually just probably making real personal connections mm. on a consistent basis. So with that, with living in a kind of a smaller is it a city or a smaller? It was, uh, I'd call it a small city. It's probably, there's maybe overall with like kind of surrounding towns, probably like 200,000 people mm. there. So it's very spread out. So with uh, that and with kind of being a little bit outside of the art scene that you're very much working with it. Yeah. Um, you're obviously seeing a lot of the artwork that you're encountering online and mm -hmm. on the screen. Definitely. So do you think that that, do you think that that kind of alters the work that you kind of um, interact with and show and and do you think that kind of this is the fact that we see so much artwork on a screen now we see far more than we could ever see in real life yes. um do you think that kind of promotes a trend towards that type the type of art that true typically works well on, on those formats yeah i think so i think i'm both uh, i'm aware that i'm both kind of I'm responsible for sharing things in that way and spreading it out, but that's also why I see certain things as well, because mm. I'm online and looking online all the time, that I realized sort of maybe even accidentally, I was initially, especially, but still sharing a ton of painting. And I love mm. painting. I'm just, that's what I'm maybe, if anything, just were to automatically pull me in a room. It'll be a painting first. But I love, like, sculpture and various, ins I mean, I have... Mm. A, a wide range of interests when it comes to artwork, but I think there is that kind of flatness and this, you know, specific dimensions very consistent across the board, how you can view it online. And thinking in terms of like how, you know, maybe coming up soon, I think we're going to have some like three-dimensional experience kind of based virtual ways of experiencing art also, which could be helpful for sculpture and whatnot. But I actually have to challenge myself all the time to look outside of that really accessible kind of 2D easy to read on Instagram as you're super quickly scrolling through. It's like, I'm constantly fighting that, like needing to, 
I mean, I don't want to see it fast. I want it to be something that is challenging that like, I know I actually have to go see it in person to really get that full experience of that artwork. Um, and I think maybe that's the biggest challenge is that I don't know what the experience, the so-called experiences of artwork when you're viewing it online, mm. as opposed to, so I think that the, the function is different. I feel like I'm kind of sharing information about the artwork as opposed to here's the work you have yeah. now seen it, you know, and yeah. it's hard. I think I'm, that's just my perspective, but, um, I try to kind of maintain a slight difference between those things. Yeah, often we're sharing images that we've never seen the originals of. Exactly, yeah. And that's what I find so fascinating, too, is when you do have the opportunity to see something in person and online, and a few times back and forth, it's really interesting to see how differently something can exist digitally, you know, yeah. that mm -hmm. you can edit lighting a little bit, and it looks like a completely different piece of artwork, and yeah. you can't walk around it and see the size, mm -hmm. how deep is the support that it's on, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. All those things change how a work feels, and... I um I think I'm just kind of constantly fighting that <laughs> like, in a good way. They're just you know it's like I need the information. I need to know because like I said, I use you know my own Instagram is primarily for me. It's an archive, and I go back and revisit all of these. If I'm doing a show, I'm just scrolling through there. That's the whole point. So it's amazing that other people like it also want to get involved. But essentially, it's just a tool. So I think as long as I can remember that it's the tool that, you know, then I can apply that to other things. But if I ever get stuck into that, like, ooh, I'm, this is the artwork, this is all mm. I need to know, then I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no. So do you think that the social media saying is a tool for you, do you think that it's changed the traditional gallery model? Do you think it's working towards changing that? I guess I go back and forth about it, but I right now I don't think so. I think that it is a way of getting information out there. I mm -hmm. think it's a way for galleries to reach a lot of different people yeah. or in different ways. But I think to some extent, the way, the, the kind of structure of it now, whether it's like, even you were talking about how you don't have like a, a specific permanent one, you know, space that you use for Delphian all the time. But there's still this idea of a space somewhere, a space where people can convene somehow, you know, mm. see the work, interact with each other, interact with the work, um, interact with collectors, interact, you know, get a, even if it's like a roster of artists, I think there's all these elements of it that can shift and look slightly different, but in an overall sense, there's still kind of is this like general equation, you know, you have mm. some sort of space, some sort of roster show that you're putting on some sort of collector base or viewer base or supporters of some, you know, so like there's these very general pieces, I think, that always are going to have to go together. But that social media um, and just some any sort of digital presence, you know, I'm kind of of this belief also that like Instagram is the thing we have now but in a couple years it's gonna be subsumed by something else i just nobody really knows what that is yet so i think that like that idea of kind of always keeping your finger on the pulse a little bit but being able to apply it to something that everybody already totally knows how it works you know um, yeah. you know how to get to a space and see artwork and then you can kind of constellate all these other things around it in terms of social media so, so how how do you feel about online only exhibitions i know you've done a few of them it's an yeah. idea that interests us but i don't think we've ever kind of worked out how to do it 
Right. Yeah. And I don't know if there is a way. And it feels uncomfortable <laughs> all the time. Every time I do one. And I think what's weird is that I'm doing them more often because the response for them is high. And mm. I get artists who are really interested in it. And I think maybe... That has to do with my philosophy a little bit as being an extremely artist-centric platform and that the, the shows that I curate are essentially in collaboration with those artists. I don't really have... Um, I'm not a dealer, essentially. I don't, you know, go immediately sell, you know, or like show, you know, this amount of work to this person who I think is going to be interested. It's very much about the artists and getting their work out there in a certain way and facilitating, again, how they can essentially showcase the work, what what are they valuing? And ultimately, I know you want to sell the work, but if you're an early career, you know, you're a student artist, you're kind of just trying to get your work in there for the first time, I feel like that's where the platform, in an online sense, is just, it's, again, it's just information. So you don't expect a solo show immediately when you're really young. Yeah. But you do need people to find out about your work so you can get the solo show. And so having it in some sort of sort of curated, if you want to say vetted, you know, like somebody saying that this is um, a quality artwork in a quality show, we're putting it on a quality platform, we're sharing it with all of these other places, you know, um, to get this work shown, that that's not, it's one step up at least from that artist just doing it themselves, just mm -hmm. like everybody else has to. And so it's just a little thing to like tick on your resume a little bit. It helps facilitate other shows. The idea being that I constantly go revisit those artworks for future shows. We'll tell people about them if they're like, you know, because I get people asking me all the time, like, I'm doing a painting show. Do you know anybody in like this region of the U.S. who's doing something like this? And I'm yeah. like, oh, yes, I do. You know, because <laughs> so all of that lives on afterward. And I think that the the beauty of the online thing, which I think we all just kind of take for granted, though, too, but that like. It doesn't just disappear when it's over. You've mm -hmm. documented it and it lives on, so you can go visit this archive of things, and I think that's really important for the artists, at least, who participate in those online shows also, is that it, it exists as a show, and it just in screen caps or whatever ends up being the way that it lives on afterward that they can constantly go refer to all the time, so, and make connections with the other artists in the So show. do you think it's more a thing, they're more a thing for early career and emerging artists? I think so, well, the way I'm doing it, I think that, like, if you're talking, because I think there's, the rules sort of shift a little bit depending on, you know, I mean, I was thinking about... Somebody was telling me about Gagosian recently, you know, if you want to go to, like, the way opposite end of the mm. gallery spectrum, that, like, they're doing, um, I think it was at Basel in Hong Kong that they had, like, a virtual, they didn't have the artwork there. You just purchased it online oh, in the booth. Huh. And it is, you know, I mean, we're talking, like, it's yeah. Gagosian. So it's, yeah. like, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So yeah. somehow there's this connection, but they still had a physical presence there. And I think yeah. that there's yeah. still this, like, really strange um, kind of, if you want to say analog versus digital, this, like, there still needs to be this connection that somehow I think you can finagle these different... Um, it kind of just depends on what the necessity is. What are you there for? Is it a, a publishing platform? Are you trying to sell the work? So who are you connecting to? Is it readers on a website reading, you know, articles? Is it kind of like academic? Is it somebody just wants to research and find a bunch of pictures of things? So then differentiating maybe what's what makes then Instagram more or less useful, say, than like 
artsy, where a bunch of galleries also have a bunch of work you can go look at pictures of. So there's all these different platforms, and I think there's new things popping up all the time. So it's kind of a matter of just what is appealing to whom and why. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like, I feel like it's just shy of being convoluted right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so much, but there's still, you know, there's, I think, some go-tos that people have. Instagram just seems to have become this very easily accessible thing that everybody uses. So it's easy. It's not just like, oh, do you use this platform or do you use this website? You know? Yeah. So somehow people need to kind of be able to find things really easily in one place. It's interesting what you're saying about the good guys you know, at the at the art fair having a digital yeah. Line. That's, yeah. Do you think that do you think that art fairs still very important for like galleries to be at to have a presence at? Especially with online sort of making such a Yeah. I don't know. Were we gonna were you gonna uh, add well something? I read something this morning. Apparently like the larger galleries, say galleries like I go to, um, they make I think forty six percent of their annual revenue at art fairs alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's true because I think yeah, exactly. I was mm. essentially you have statistics. So I'm like, <laughs> yes, statistics. Only because I read it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too because I think it does have it's like it maybe that intermediate point between yeah. having just the static stationary gallery and then the internet, which is kind of everywhere and nowhere all at mm. once. But then the art fair has that ability to reach a bunch of different people and bounce around and the art fairs themselves change i mean they'll be like well we're in new york for a couple years but now we're not going to do that one we're going to do san francisco instead or something you know Mm -hmm. so like they go where the interest is where the collecting is happening and where the galleries want to go but even then i mean just recently when i was in new york during armory week that was kind of an interesting experience because there's you know, Armory Fair, similar, you know, to Basel, it's like the mothership of the weekend of all these fairs happening. But then um, Nada was a fair that had been there in a kind of, you know, normal sort of tent situation with all the booths. And then they decided they weren't going to do New York anymore in that format. So they decided to do a basically, they called it the Gallery Open. And they just had a map that they produced and showed all the exhibitions happening and you just had to bop around to the actual physical spaces and kind of Mm -hmm. depending on who you asked that was great or it was like well nobody came to my gallery any more than they normally would have so there is that benefit of having this like all-in-one place kind of thing as well because you can go as a visitor or a buyer you can go hit a couple booths or a couple galleries that you really know you want to see but you're inevitably going to walk by a whole bunch more so you can just see everything but just like normally you have to like make a point to get to the physical space if Mm. it's spread out somewhere in the city as it usually is so it's really great because i think they're trying to get people to go to go to the galleries because attendance is down to a lot of those shows and they kind of attribute that to art fairs i think a lot but um at the same time it's kind of like how do you do all of it at once you know a lot of those galleries like have a few people on staff. How do you get, you know, you can't do all the fairs and have this, you know, kind of set up at, in your actual space all the time. So I think it's just kind of this, I'm like seeing it change a little bit in terms of what these fairs formats are. But I think maybe that's just also in response to how quickly people want 
to see work and go. It's become, you know, they've become social media <laughs> insanity. Yeah. Like, Basel, Miami Beach is, like, an insane social media party. I've just never seen anything <laughs> like it. So it all kind of goes hand in hand, I think. But mm. I don't know. I think just with anything, it's like the it'll it'll be going for a while. They're just kind of, like getting to that point where fairs have been around long enough now that they're kind of like, hey, we can, like, mess with this equation a little bit, but still yeah. be essentially the same. With that with that Gagosian thing, though, I hadn't heard of it before Before you just said it now. I should look that up, make sure I'm actually... Yeah. <laughs> I kind of think, like, what's the point? Like, they've Gagosian got enough money to ship the artworks there. Yeah. Artworks are to be seen in, in person. You can't truly appreciate, like we were saying before, you can't truly appreciate a work without seeing it in the flesh. What is the benefit of them just seems seeing it on a screen? It seems, yeah. seems gimmicky. Yeah. yeah, it's just a little bit crass, and it's a little bit like, well, people are just going there to buy the names of the artists. They're going to put it in a. I think that's exactly the thing. I think that's the thing with the bears. Yeah, frame their bill of sale instead yeah. of the artwork. They don't care what it looks like. They're just. And I think yeah. for me, it was very much like I've had some of those moments where, you know, I'll be sitting in a fair and hearing like the gallery assistants behind me and they're just like, well, this one's sold, this one's sold, this one's sold, this one's not, this one's still available, this one's sold. And they're like, not really. I mean, and I think it's those moments that like kind of jerk me out of this moment of being like, oh, I'm not in a curated exhibition here at all. This looks really nice, but this is an art fair. People yeah, are selling shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole point. So it's like, yeah. and I think sometimes you go to really, really nicely, you could call them curated fairs, that they're very carefully selecting who the galleries are that are in there, what the work is. They're making sure it's displayed in a very kind of, you know, it's super aesthetically pleasing. But then you go to some other fairs and it's like, you can just tell the galleries just kind of like threw everything on the walls because mm. that's what they have. They, you know, maybe they're not allowed to even have a backroom inventory. Yeah. Everything's out there. So you just, I don't know, it kind of, you get these moments where you're sort of jarred into like remembering you're not in this like very nice, you know, museum style curated exhibition. Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, people are trying to sell this stuff. They're yeah. eyeing you up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's intriguing. But. So do you plan to do art fest as a young space? I mean, well, not right now. I don't know. I think that there would be a bit for me to do. I've thought about it, but I, I don't know if right now it's like really the scene for what I'm doing at the moment. And I think it's because I don't, maybe it just depends on how I'm pitching the project to, but I don't really view myself as a dealer specifically. Um, and so I... I think that there's kind of a weird, the boundary can be shifted and blurry between mm. being a curator and a dealer. And I have no mm. problem with being a dealer, but I'm not really ever interested, I guess, in emphasizing the sales aspect of things. I'm, I will do it and I do make sales occasionally, but I, when I've tried to kind of focus on that a bit, it ends up pulling a lot of the attention away from many other facets of the project that are a bit more... Um, fluid and organic in terms of working with like artist-led spaces and that kind mm. of thing. But I know that there's a balance at the same time between being able to fund a lot of those projects and that seems like a very natural way to progress is to mm. start kind of more consistently selling work like that. And because I don't have a physical space that's permanent either, an art fair could work. But each of those, you know, every art fair is like, well, if you don't have a physical space, you're not don't you know we can't accept you into the fair but then other ones are okay with that so it kind of depends we it's... find we find not having a permanent space quite liberating yeah afford mm. to take 
more risks and do shows that we don't expect to yeah. sell. Yeah. Um, because we haven't got to pay rent every month. Exactly. It's that overhead that's really, you know, and that's the yeah. thing is like yeah. fares are pretty crazy expensive, but like if you know you're doing it and you're planning ahead, that's fine. Similar to if you're, you know, I know I'm having this show and we, I need this space for X amount of time, then you can plan for whatever you yeah. need in that moment. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What would be your dream show to curate? Oh, my God. And I don't know. What, 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 would you, what would be, like, the barriers stopping you doing it? Uh, I think the barriers, honestly, that I know because I'm always running into this, but it's literally a geography thing, I think. Yeah. At this point, it's a geography thing because it's still so expensive to ship work. Yeah. So I think that's maybe even going back to your question about the online shows. That's mm. where that kind of mediates that because I don't – you can still kind of – showcase work but nobody has to ship things back and forth so you can ostensibly show a gigantic painting that is in croatia and i don't have to like do anything with it and if yeah. it sells then the buyer will take care of it you know um but i think like i'm just looking the platform has become so international that like there's a ton of like artists in melbourne at the moment that i really love and like i mean london new york los angeles but like have fun, like, on my sort of DIY budget trying to get together this epic show. Yeah. Um, but I think because of those weird challenges, you know, I'm always kind of like, how can we just, like, finagle some weird, um, kind of like what you were, you know, even this, like, print show, essentially. Mm. That's, you know, that's, like, just kind of a different way of, like, tweaking the structure with your, the Delphian open call, too. It's just mm. kind of that... It's how do you like get the work into the same place when yeah. you know that like the actual work is yeah. just that's huge, unfeasible, huge. yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but as far as like what I would actually show, it's a really good question because I think my mind just immediately like explodes because there's <laughs> so much. And it probably would be a mix of like painting and sculpture. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to just have, I think it's because, because I think like a curator mostly, it's like I would probably be scoping out like the most epic space and then figure out what I could do with it and just yeah. bring in people and we would do something super collaboratively so mm. it'd be fun but yeah I'll be thinking about that question probably all day <laughs> what would I do if I was just like carte blanche like here you go <laughs> so kind of back to young space I suppose and that this kind of leads on from that last question is like why do you um have such a kind of focus on like super emerging early career i mean we have Ooh. that same focus yeah um, but we we very much just slid into that we didn't yeah we didn't plan it uh that's exactly what happened to me too i think is that and i think probably because i started young space while i was in grad school so i was talking to a lot of like just striking up conversation i was super nosy and hopping through into the studios and mm. things and I think that it started kind of because there was this, and I was maybe in the same place as a grad student, this anxiety about what happens after art school. So we were talking about that a lot, but how all this artwork in these studios and in, you know, they're trying so hard to get shows. That was the work that I knew I couldn't just go down to, I was in Edinburgh, so like I'd hop down to the fruit market or something. All that's really established work and it's amazing. But I'm like, where where do I see this like weird stuff that's in the studios that I really love? Do I have to like go to the art schools to find this? Like how can I just, I want to find this work and then ended up wanting to make shows out of it and things. But I think because I was just having a lot of these conversations with emerging or younger artists it was so accessible it was so easy to just talk to them and like 
do projects really quickly. You didn't have to go through their gallery or like try to, you know, fill out a bunch of paperwork. They were just like, hell yes, I want to be in a show. So it was fun. And I think that just essentially like ended up being kind of why I stuck with it, even still accidentally. I mean, I still would work with more established artists, but it's just so fun to work with. I think, um, Anyone who's early on in their practice, that's maybe the other thing about Young Space, is that it's, like, not ageist at all. It's mm -hmm. not all young people. I think it's just because it happens to be a lot of younger people in art school. But if you're kind of just exploring new ideas and you're open to, like, doing collaborative, interesting projects and things, it's like, let's talk. So I think just that energy in there, as long as that's in there, that's enough reason to keep going and keep working on it. So do you think nowadays there's more cooperation within the art world than they used to be say between cool. artists but also between galleries because like say i suppose some people would say that delphine gallery and young space are kind of fairly direct competitors and yet and yet i know that's <laughs> true well that's actually interesting because i i think there's a number of instances where um i thought to myself like are they going to, like, want to, you know, keep me at arm's length? And, like, you know, but I think real life, not you, but, like, in general, <laughs> talking about, like, like ah! Um, <laughs> keep your enemies um, close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that there is just sort of this element of also maybe understanding, like, in, especially when you're a smaller a smaller operation of whatever kind that like there's always something that somebody else can help you with or that that kind of philosophy I guess too of like if you if you're a physical gallery even say you have a space in a neighborhood or you're a coffee shop or whatever I mean you want to be around other businesses or other people who support and somehow blend into that as well so as a gallery it totally helps you to have like a couple other galleries around you that have work that other people coming to your neighborhood would want to see. So like being at least connected and friendly with each other makes a lot more sense than being like, I'm not going to talk to them because you never know when, you know, an artist has a show someplace that that gallery might do in like freaking, I don't know, Dusseldorf or something that you can then, you know, partner with them to, you know, kind of, I don't know, cross promote to like be, and I just feel like it ends up benefiting more people to be more friendly yeah. <laughs> with artists and galleries. And yeah, competition is real and people rip people off all the time. And it's like, there is an effort, you know, an effort to just be like, well, let's trust each other first and we can do bigger things as a cooperative team simultaneously great for everybody than just being on your own island all the time. Um, and maybe that's, again, like social media and just visibility online makes it so much easier to connect with like-minded people or in, you know, if you're in terms of aesthetics, you know, kind of who's doing something or working with people similar to who you want to work with. And then it just, you know, as long as it's nobody's ripping each other off, then, like, everybody should be happier in the end. So, you know, that's really... I think it's just cool because I don't, I don't think I ever really thought about it that way. I always just assumed, like, especially as a student, I was like, oh, man, the art world is super cutthroat and everybody's having mm -hmm. to get everybody. And I think it's just this very... It was very austere in my mind. And I think that there's just sort of... There are some galleries, I think, that have been around for ages and they do really well and they don't need to do... They don't need to mm -hmm. collaborate with others. But if you're kind of younger and that probably factors into the type of work and the artist that I'm working with, 
they're all collaborating with other people they went to art school with. So like, yeah. it doesn't do you any favors to be like, nope, I just, I'm going to just do this by myself. So yeah. kind of being a team player, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's weird with online platforms. It can be a little funny. That's where I don't know if there's like slightly a difference between, you know, a different publishing um, a lot of the same work gets shared on the same platforms. It's like what differentiates those. And I've realized that there, I have never actually really reached out or spoken to other people who do other Instagram accounts, for example, or run magazines or anything, because I think maybe we're too similar. There's not really much that the other person has to offer, which isn't, you know, it's great. I still think the more the merrier. It's like somebody's doing a print publication, somebody's doing an online publication, you're sharing some of the same artists. It's still going to like direct back to you sometimes, but sometimes you just know when you don't have anything to offer and simultaneously the other way. Yeah. Seems like, um, like nowadays that success isn't sort of defined so much by selling power anymore, especially with like these, with like online shows yeah. and like sort of collaborations between things. Why do you think that is? I don't know. And you know, that's really interesting because I've been thinking about this with the online shows I've been doing on Young Space recently. Mm. I've been a little bit weirded out that a lot of the artwork that artists are submitting is already not for sale. Yeah. And I'm just like, Really? You know, I mean, I know, <laughs> I guess it's just it, in my mind, it just seemed like, you know, if the work can be for sale and mm. there's a history of there having been sales, wouldn't you want to put a work that's for sale on there? But realizing that actually, like if that artist thinks that that painting, even if it's not available anymore, or they just want to hold on to it is their strongest work right now. That's what they want online. Mm. You know, that's representational of their work. And I'm realizing that there's sort of this idea of like, what is maybe summary of your, is like a, a kind of big word for that, but like maybe representation is the word for that. Mm. What is something that if somebody is spending two seconds flipping through social media, trying to like find artwork or whatever, what is the thing that speaks this is what I do, you know, this is the strongest work I have right now. And I'm not sure where that balance is, but I, you know, sales ultimately are important. It's yeah, what ends up, you know, keeping you going. Mm. But I think that there is maybe just like more to that spectrum than, you know, and because we have these other tools, we can kind of start, you know, kind of focusing on those and it doesn't have to always be about the sale at the end of the day, at least mm. in that specific moment. It can be used to facilitate a sale later. Um, but, you know, I inevitably it's like you kind of, um, you know, artists would like a museum show too, a nonprofit, like somebody who's mm. not just like hawking the wares all the time, you know? It's like somebody had to curate the show. So maybe there's some element to it that's also... Um, just from a straightforward, creative, curatorial standpoint, this has been deemed of some level. And if that platform, whatever it is, if it's a magazine or, you know, Young Space, I mean, oh, that'd be really, you know, I have no perspective on Young Space at all. So I'm like, if people use it, if people use it as something that they really want to put on their resume or something, I think that's fantastic. But I think that there is that level of like what other people view as kind of the gatekeepers, if you mm. want to call it that. And if that's something that's valued, then it doesn't necessarily matter if the work sells or not. It's just that it existed there. So do you think it's easier um, in contemporary times for outsider artists and unrepresented artists to succeed with Ooh. in terms of collaboration and, um, and do you think this brings more competition with it as well? 
Yes. <laughs> yes and yes, but no also, I guess. I don't know. I think it depends on how you're approaching things, maybe, yeah. from any perspective. Like, um, I think that there is, there's more visibility for, you know, outsider artists or um, whether you think of yourself that way or not, yeah. or someone else determines that that's what you are. Um, but I th I've always been fascinated with, like, kind of artist-led culture in general, too. Just the idea of artists... As, whether it's in response to like I'm leaving art school and I still need to be in some community of some kind doing things or I literally need to get my artwork out and this is how I can do this right now is like mm -hmm. with my friends or these other people um, that there's ways to do like artist led even has this kind of like it's become a thing unto itself it's this whole other kind of subculture in the art world it's like capital A um, so when you think about though, like what that that idea of artist-run initiatives has been around for so long, there's a competition in there also to make that really really good. So if you can kind of coordinate with yourself, you know, and other people that you know, you're able to put on really really impressive projects and exhibitions and things that don't necessarily have to be, I guess, accepted by you know maybe a more traditional gallery model mm. like just added to the roster. You don't have to even commit necessarily. It's like if you have enough of a presence, say online or enough of a network that knows, you know, you don't have to necessarily be like, okay, I'm, this is my gallery. I'm doing things only with them now. You can kind of be a little bit more, you can maneuver a bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is maybe where it is. It's like it, you can be more visible um, if you kind of know how to play your cards right, but there's just so much information out there that it's hard necessarily to you know you have to know what you're looking for all the time in terms of artwork or people mm. but when you connect with people i think who can really just build each other up in collaborative processes even if it's just helping each other find connections or doing an actual exhibition you're just therefore helping each other organize, look more organized, be more appealing to work with as someone mm -hmm. who can like put on a show and think about these things. So you can do so much on your own, I think, to begin with or with people who you don't necessarily have to just go ask and submit your portfolio to that will help you get those things if that's what you want. But I feel like there is sort of a... Um, I don't know, maybe less emphasis on like... I, I think the galleries, people still want a gallery. People still want... Um, a museum show, you know, but that the routes to get to those things can be different or that you don't need to be exclusive to those um, so that you can keep your options open because there's a lot of power in your own network and being able to have your information, you know, shared online and connect to people on your own. So why pigeonhole yourself yeah. if, you, if you can kind of keep things open? So I think in terms of somebody who's just like, I'm just totally DIY, I never went to art school, I just want to like get myself out there, that's a tool that never really existed for them in the same way to be able to connect with people online if they want. So I think there's a multitude of ways you could collaborate, but it does seem like it's getting more... In, it's getting more important or more intense in a way, <laughs> becoming a thing unto itself as time goes on. Um, but I think it's great for the visibility of artists and smaller galleries and experimental projects too, because they wouldn't, you know, who would know what's going on with them except yeah. in a really local area. But now, you know, I can see what's going on across oceans and really wish I could get there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, awesome. thank you for coming by. Yeah. Thank you. And then okay. uh, check out youngspace.com. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Y-N-G-S-P-C.com. No vowels. No vowels. <laughs> Great. Cool. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.